Welcome, everybody, to our IT podcast. Greg and I are so excited today to welcome our two guests to this podcast. We have Jenny Snodgrass, Director of IT Process Improvement, and Doug Alejandro, our IT Process Improvement Project Manager, joining us today on the IT podcast. Welcome, Doug and Jenny. Hey, good morning. Hello. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Absolutely. I was thinking this morning, it's such a cool opportunity. I'm really grateful to be able to have these opportunities to sit down with you guys and, and groups like you guys to really get to share just the amazing work that your team is doing and the impact that that has on IT, that it has on Centera, and to get people a behind-the-scenes look at all of that is just really exciting. So I guess, Jenny, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and you know how long you've been at Centera? Absolutely. So I started my career in healthcare right out of college, started in hospital operations and um, served along the East Coast in various healthcare systems and uh, landed here in Virginia and and ultimately as a member of the Centera team. Let's see here. It's been 11 11 years um, that I've been serving here in IT and certainly a a career journey of, of learning and opportunity that I feel very uh, fortunate to have had. Awesome. And Doug, uh, what about you? Hey, yeah. Uh, so I've lived in Hampton Roads pretty much my entire life. So I am very aware and knowledgeable on Centera and their healthcare and hospitals since I've been here my whole life. Um, went to Old Dominion. And then when I graduated, got a job at Anthem, worked there for a few years in their process redesign and um, improvement program. Um, loved working there. But of course, um, when a great company comes a knocking or there's a great position, you hop at it. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I am, I'm lucky, Greg, because I get to work with Doug and Jenny on a weekly basis. They're both just so incredible to work with. Jenny, do you want to tell us about kind of how the program got started and how you guys got to where the program is today? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. And I want to say we feel equally as fortunate to get to work with you and have your partnership, Taylor. Um, It's hard to believe we're at, we're just over actually the one year mark uh, for the program. We did sort of a soft launch in the latter part of 2021, but officially launched the program and compiled the team across IT in uh, January of 2022. And so how the the program sort of came into existence is Sherry Reed, our business owner, our executive sponsor of the program and vice president within IT, she had joined the Sintera team in 2021. And part of her sort of introduction and orientation to Sintera, but but to the division as well, was a a listening tour. And so as she went out and about across um, Sintera divisions, listening to um, you know, what was going well and how we operate together, what, what were areas of improvement that maybe we could focus on. Um, she heard a lot of, of really, really good information. Um, also within our division, um, as she met with various uh, leaders and individuals across the division through meet and greets, understood that as well. What were we doing really well with our internal operations, but where were there still pain points or areas of opportunity that we could uh, we could approve upon? And so from that, it populated literally a backlog of areas of opportunity. And so pulled all that together, like I said, the late 
latter part of, of 2021, that quarter four, and we had enough information um, and opportunities identified that we could sort of uh, launch the program from there. So in the early part of 2022, did a, just a call out to the IT division asking for volunteers. We are a complete volunteer program aside from, from Doug and I being dedicated to the program everyone else that serves and gives a portion of their day or week to the program, to the improvements are doing it above and beyond their primary role. And so we had, we started with 12 individuals and rapidly grew um, as word spread and people heard about the improvement focus and heard about the cross collaborative, cross functional team across the division that was coming together for the common purpose of improving together and improving how we work together. A lot of excitement, a lot of engagement, um, and we rapidly grew to 40, 50, and by the end of the year, um, almost 60 individuals. Oh, that's so awesome. The growth that you guys have experienced over the past year, to me, is just mind-blowing. For our listeners, let's say somebody you know, has an idea or something they think needs to be improved that they would like us to work on or, or would like to share with the process improvement team, how do they go about submitting something to process improvement to be worked on? We get that question a lot. So luckily we've been able to build out a intake form and it just exactly what it sounds like, just has a few simple questions outlining you know, what opportunity or problem is influencing your team or group, the description of it, the, the idea of what that opportunity might be. And then it just comes directly to us and um, we're able to vet it, Jenny and I, with our executive sponsor, Sherry, to make sure that, hey, this is all right and that this is pulled in correctly and has enough business value as well. If it impacts multiple teams, multiple systems, that's where we really kind of dig in and understand a bit more how we're able to tackle these issues and get improvements in place. The other great thing as well, Jenny alluded to it, of we have this cross, um, cross-platform cross team, this team that really consists of people all across Sentara. And that's another way that we receive these opportunities that I think is just great and awesome to be a part of because we've been on calls and discussions where you know, I have never talked to this person from security, or I've never talked to this person from service, and I've never afforded the opportunity, or I just didn't know who to talk to. And now that we have those members from security, from ServiceNow, on our agile release train, on in our program, it allows those individuals, those teams to have those discussions and understand that, oh my gosh, yeah, like now that I'm able to talk to security, it is a little bit easier than I thought it was so that's another way that these opportunities, one was that intake form that we set up. And the other one is, you know, ad hoc through these discussions, through those kind of um, relationships we're building with our program. That's how we're getting these improvements. While we're talking about the teams um, and the great discussions and work that's happening, if someone wanted to be a part of the change and be a part of the improvement and join these discussions and join these teams, how does someone go about being a part of process improvement in IT? Oh, that's a good question. So if someone is interested in contributing to IT process improvements, we would just encourage them to reach out to either myself or to Doug uh, directly, but also each and every vertical, each and every team within our IT division, I'm really proud to say has a representative uh, on, on the process improvement team today currently. We've been very thoughtful to ensure that we have 
cross-representation from the division. So uh, they could also reach out directly to someone who is serving uh, within the program today and understand more about it through them and their experience, and they could connect us in that way as well. So whatever they're most comfortable with, but we have an open door. Each, like I said earlier, each quarter we're, we're planning the work and increment of time um, that we work within as a team and the amount of work that we have in progress during that increment. And so we are calling for new members each and every quarter. And it is a term of, of that quarter for them to serve in the time that they have to give. So it's not a once I commit, I'm, I'm you know stuck to the commitment for a year. It's for as long as they have the capacity to offer time in addition to their primary role within IT. Jenny, tell us a little bit about how team members outside of IT, um, so our strategic partners on the business side of Centera, could potentially give us feedback about ways in which IT could continue to improve. Yeah, the consumer lens, the consumer experience is, is front and center for us. So when we talk about business value, we talk about how we prioritize the areas of opportunity, we put that, that prioritization through the lens of the consumer. And that being our business partner, those that we work with across Centera in various divisions, those that use our products, consume our products and services, and also those within our IT division that we've already talked about. But the mechanism that we use to understand from that consumer business partner um, understanding of what is important to them, that what needs to be improved and how they, they work and operate and partner with us is we now this year are aligning with the IT customer satisfaction survey. So also um, termed as the ITCSS. Uh, so we have been very intentional in partnering with you, Taylor, and you know, making sure that we have a, a way, an intake mechanism to understand from the consumer as we survey them uh, how their experience is in working with us, in uh, receiving the products or services that are requested, just that overall uh, working relationship. And so it has been uh, very positive to see the very specific information that we can glean from the survey results. And it's it's not just the hearing the information, but it's really what we're doing about it. And proud to say, again, Taylor, with your partnership from the communications team, you know, able to, for the first time, tie back the we heard, we did message this this uh, spring back out to the consumer base as we message back to them in the IT customer satisfaction survey that you took in, in the fall. We, we heard what you said, and, and here are the things that we intentionally focused on with process improvement um, across the division and here's what we did about it. And I think that really makes a difference. It makes an impact um, as we ask people to give their feedback and to share with us their experiences that we're, we're doing something with that information, with the time that they're giving us of their time to tell us their experiences and help us understand better how we can improve. So I think the alignment of our intake, understanding from direct consumer, direct business partner, users of our products and services, how we can improve, and then using that as our backlog of our opportunities to address. Um, it has certainly been a step in maturity for our program, but I think overall it's going to prove to be successful in how we are able to truly deliver valuable improvements. So we've talked about all things process improvement 
I would love to share with our listeners a couple of things that either we're wrapping up quarter one now, which is just crazy to think about. Um, but in the beginning of this year, any improvements that you guys can share with our listeners, exciting improvements that you guys and the teams have been working on for kind of Q1, Q2 this year, or what's on the horizon? Yeah, I always love to talk about our great team. So anytime I get the time to, you know, highlight them and, and really bring it back home, I love to. So yeah, I got a couple big improvements that are just wrapping up or have just wrapped up and are pretty much in production. One is more IT facing. So, you know, previously there was no visibility within ServiceNow on ideas awaiting a manager approval. So if you went into ServiceNow as a leader or manager and an idea was submitted, there was no way for that manager or leader to know that it needed to be approved or denied unless they went and checked ServiceNow continuously or checked themselves, you know, at a good amount. Maybe their direct report was like, hey, I submitted this idea. Could you go check it out? So regardless... It was kind of a black hole of communication within ServiceNow. Recently, ServiceNow team has been able to stand up a weekly email update that goes out to those managers and leaders notifying if there's an idea approval or rejection. So this will easily prevent any ideas from sitting in approval or rejection for months because that was an issue before. Sometimes they would sit there for a few months with no closure. You know, no one was really able to get that approval or rejection. So that's kind of the IT facing of an improvement. And now on the other side, you know, always got to talk about, you know, we're Sentara, so we got to help out our providers in whatever way we can. Previously, the providers would request access for applications um, that weren't Epic, wasn't EMR. So these systems that were very specific to their specialty, like uh, pulmonary or gastrointestinal. So there was confusion for submitting these applications requests. So now we have a new intake form within ServiceNow. Again, big plug for our ServiceNow team that our providers can go in and submit one single form that includes all of their applications, all of those um, systems that they need into one simple form. Previously, it would be like six to 10 requests that would take five minutes to complete for the provider. So, you know, six to 10 requests, five minutes, that's 30 minutes minimum that a provider would would do to submit those kind of application requests. And now that we have this single form that the provider is onboarded and we know what their specialty is, that form within ServiceNow automatically says, yep, this provider has this specialty, these specific applications on that single form only takes like five to 10 minutes to complete now compared to the minimum of 30 minutes before so those are two kind of huge improvements that we've heard from our, you know, day-to-day IT people and our providers on how they can better their work every day and how we were able to improve it. That's awesome, Doug. It's really cool to see um, everything that you guys are working on, you know, be put into action and actually change the lives of our team members by reducing time or speeding up time or lots of other things. So that's awesome. So, Doug, talking to you in the past, it sounds like you were a pretty big soccer fan. Were you uh, pretty excited for the World Cup? Did your, I don't know what team do you follow? Did they, did they make it pretty far? Oh, yeah. Huge soccer fan. I played all my darn life in the area and then played a little bit of Old Dominion. So 
yes, I love playing soccer. I still play soccer to this day in a rec league. So, so love to play and, you know, love to watch the World Cup. Um, there's some people, you know, here in the U.S. who you know, love Germany or love Spain and, you know, love all those powerhouses. But I guess I'm a traditionalist. I am USA through and through, and we did all right. And if you aren't a huge soccer fan like me, um, maybe you didn't hear that. But the next World Cup in four years is in the United States, as well as Canada and Mexico. I, I did hear that. Yes. So that's very exciting, right? We had a, a really young team that performed pretty well over in Qatar. And now we're coming over here to the U.S. on home soil in four years. So those 20-year-olds are only going to be 25, which is in sporting terms like the peak at least in soccer, that 25 to 29 is a peak age for players. So whole roster, peak age in the U.S., um, you know, can't be any more excited for the future of what that entails. And um, yeah, it was a fun World Cup. Happy that Messi and Argentina got their win. So the GOAT got it done. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh... Personally, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I, I always watch the World Cup and uh, yeah. I can't help but wonder, you know, the first game, you know, U.S. gave up that one goal for the for the tie. Yep. You can't help but wonder how they would have done if they uh, that hadn't happened. I know. It's wasn't, it a, a, wasn't it a penalty or something like that along those lines? Yep. Yep. A uh, little tackle in the box that, that got the guy got brought down and PK. Yep. So always a dagger. Doug, are you going to try to go to the World Cup if it's here? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> me and my brother and a couple friends have already got that group chat started, you know, oh putting God. away a couple bucks every paycheck because let's be real, it's going to be expensive. So have, have they announced the, the location yet? Yeah, they have. Not the specific stadiums, but they have, have at least announced the, the cities that these the games will take place. Um you know, all across the, the west and east and middle part of the country. You got your big cities like Seattle and L.A. And I think there's one in Minnesota. Not a lot of love in the middle of the country other than like Texas. And then, of course, all that. Now, I didn't, did I hear correct that uh, I think they're doing one in Atlanta also? Yes. Atlanta, New York, the two. So probably one in Minnesota. Yeah. So do you have a uh, do you have one that you're you're eyeballing trying to go to or multiple? Yeah, probably Seattle. Um, okay. You know, I like to watch I consume too much soccer. My weekends are filled with it. And whenever there's like a Champions League match on during the week, I'll throw it on my phone. But um, yeah, I keep up with the MLS as well. And the Seattle Sounders have a great atmosphere. You know, you look overseas, you see all these people walking through the streets and singing and dancing. And you're like, man, we don't really see that in the NFL or the NBA. But, you know, in the MLS, you'll look at some teams, specifically the Seattle Sounders, and they're just like those Europeans. Big old parties, everyone's dancing and chanting. So I think Seattle, if anyone's listening and maybe thinking about attending the World Cup in the U.S., I would think Seattle is your best bet because they already love their soccer and um, the weather's going to be great, too, because it's a summer World Cup. And if you're in Miami and during the summer, it's going to be smoking hot. You know, it's so funny, Doug, like, I, I hear you talk about process improvement all the time, but hearing you talk about soccer, I think you're just as passionate <laughs> about soccer and knowledgeable. I don't even know if someone could be so knowledgeable on soccer. So um, I love it. You, you carry that over to everything that you do. Thanks. Like I said, I probably consume too much of it. So <laughs> that's just it bleeding out. Yeah. It's good to have passions. So I think that um, is a great way to kind of, 
wrap up the episode today because both Doug, you and Jenny are so passionate about what you do in IT and it it really shows through and and that's how I think it impacts both IT and Sintera as a whole. Um, you guys are awesome leaders of our IT process improvement. So thank you both so much for your time today, for meeting with us um, and having this conversation. We were so happy to be able to get you on the podcast and hopefully many more to come. Uh, but thank you both for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be back again if you'll have us.